What's up, everyone? I'm Benny Guadarrama. Welcome back to another episode of Founders Party, where I interview rockstar founders about their startups, their mission and vision, and the journey thus far. Today, I'm very excited and very happy to be talking to Karan Sel, who is the founder of Ivis. Uh, Karan, thanks for coming on to the show. How are you doing? Thank you, Benny. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Uh, it's a sunny morning in California. Uh, I have a puppy in the background who's keeping, you know, who's nudging my legs right now. <laughs> Rest all is fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks. Uh, you know, I, I love sunshine days too. And, and puppies are always a good thing to have next to you. Definitely. It sounds like you're having a wonderful morning. I'm having a wonderful morning and I'm looking forward to um, our conversation to learn more about you and uh, Ivis. And, and yeah, and so for those listening and those who aren't familiar with IVIS, tell us a little bit about what you're working on um, and, and what, what is IVIS? Absolutely. So uh, IVIS is, you know, uh, the vision behind IVIS is to help hospitals and nursing homes prevent infection outbreaks to improve the quality of life. Uh, IVIS at the end of the day is an infection visualization software which helps these facilities, you know, prevent the next outbreak, which could be happening either due to COVID or any other organism out there going forward. Uh, IBIS tackles a big problem. I don't know if your audience knew, uh, but typically if you think about US hospitals today, 5% um, of the beds at this moment are patients who picked up a deadly infection within the hospital post routine care. So that's about three to four million patients being impacted every year in the U.S. hospitals. Uh, so where IVIS comes into play is to help prevent three million plus hospitalizations every year within the U.S. hospitals. Wow. Yeah, that uh, that's a statistic that stands out to me. I did not know that. Um, and I think this comes at a very important time with um, the pandemic and um, what what are the major differences that you've seen between hospitals and first, as you say, like in the US versus one in Europe or South America? Like what's the difference between how their process for taking care of these outbreaks? Right. Uh, I think a good way to uh, segregate the process would be developed world and developing world. So in addition to helping in IWIS, I'm also part of a few other foundations which are, you know, enabling these organizations in the developing world with these needs around training, et cetera, right now. So I have a very good insight over the last three months as the COVID pandemic has progressed. Uh, one key difference between developed world and the developing world today is safety culture. So as an example, in US hospitals and most of the developed world, infection prevention teams were mandated in the US hospitals post-Obamacare. Uh, what that typically means is that there is a whole team of quarterbacks assisting nurses and doctors in terms of, you know, helping prevent infections, getting more metrics, figuring out what's working and providing these training to the nurses on the ground as well. In most of the developing world, if we think about this team of infection preventionists or specialists is lacking. That's true for countries like India today. That's true for countries like Mexico today. Which and how that what that means specifically is that US safety teams were able to get ahead of the problem a lot more quicker. You know, they had a more strategizing approach versus a reactive approach to the pandemic, versus in countries like you know, in the developing world, where it was more of a reactive approach since these teams were never in place. So uh, the big picture vision 
is to amplify the efforts of safety and infection prevention teams in us behind you know with ivis with what we are building as well as kick starting a safety culture in the developing world by ivis okay all right and and with the hospitals that you're helping out right now with ivis and or the clinics or uh, your your clients um, what have been some of the what have been some of the key insights that they have seen that has pro that probably raised like they didn't expect for for what, because you said it detects infection, like what are some of the things that they're surprised about? Absolutely. So even one before, one step before that, what IVAS really does, right, mm -hmm. is uh, think about that each and every hospital, clinic, nursing home today has a safety and infection prevention checklist, right? Now that checklist is literally dependent upon a person like you and me or a, you know, like a physician or a compliance officer to get filled out, mm -hmm. right? Right. What IVIS does is through the power of visual sensing and AI, it actually automates that compliance checklist. Mm. Right. So not only do we save the hospitals and the clinics this effort in, you know, figuring out these audits about what is working, what is not working, we actually help them get more visibility into the day-to-day -day processes and functionings as well. So the goal is threefold. Number one, help them see more, you know, auto via automation. Number two is help them, you know, get these compliance metrics above. And number three is to help these settings improve traceability of issues. Uh, now, in some of the key insights that we have collected, I, I think two stand out. One is that we are deployed in an SMB healthcare, like a dental chain, right? Uh, in the post-pandemic world, this even this mom and pop clinic had no visibility into day-to-day -day compliances, right? It's a very spot check kind of a thing. So IBIS not only helped this whole, you know, team of 10 people see the fact that their compliances were not where, where they need to be. Uh, the bigger insight and accomplishment over there was to help this setting improve its compliances by 3x on a range of metrics such as hand hygiene, mask compliances, cleaning, and a lot of those things, right? Uh, now, the second key insight which we have gotten from the nursing home that we are deployed in, right, is the fact that... Uh, you'll be surprised night rounds or night compliances is a big challenge everywhere. Um, you know, we all go to sleep at night, but there are still patients in nursing homes who need to be attended to, who need to be taken care of. So one of the other key insights which we're seeing is, you know, eliminating the dark spaces or eliminating the nighttime's activity in these spaces, um, which has helped these clinical operation managers better understand the gaps. So uh, as a simple example, in some of the settings we have helped identify, like some of the issues which these guys were not aware about, of course, due to confidentiality and sensitive nature of these issues, I can't really get into more detail. Uh, but most importantly, it enabled their staff to be more vigilant with the objective of taking care of this elderly population and you know, uh, ensuring safety to them. Wow, that's... that's uh... That's, you know, that's shocking to hear that, you know, the, the insights that you, well, not shocking, but I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to hear that IVIS is actually really, you know, controlling and, and, and simplifying the process for, like you said, the um, compliance. Um, and I'm curious to know, are there any, maybe, is there any like resistance by hospitals or uh, nursing homes or clinics to use IVIS? I, I, just out of curiosity, is there like, oh, we prefer the manual way or it's just, is there any resistance in that world? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, 
the biggest challenge in healthcare is always the status quo which is that you have an existing process which is working and why do you want to move past it right so our approach has been that we've been co-building this platform and solutioning with the help of these nursing homes and smaller clinics and hospitals as well uh what that enables us to do is get ahead of the problem to understand what some of those resistances might be and be able to mitigate and tackle those right uh and the value propositions over here are you know the ability to automate these redundant tasks which take bandwidth and take time away from clinical care right while obviously not only are we improving the cost but we are also improving outcomes by bringing more visibility into what compliances could be working or what could not be working uh, and as a simple example uh, the vision is that today we are starting off with the simplest compliances by the bedside think like hand hygiene cleaning compliances etc but down the road we will get into more complicated infection prevention compliances as well so as an example for all the ventilated patients today there are six protocols which need to be done daily to make sure that ventilated patient does not get out with pneumonia or does not pick up an infection within the hospital right which among these six protocols are working on a daily basis or not is a visibility gap in hospitals throughout so the objective behind ivis is to not only automate these audits of these protocols but also help bring more you know on the job learning or awareness that some of these protocols need to be done and let's accept it our healthcare workers are too busy they are too burnt out right uh, there is a lot on their head i mean you and me probably just have you know like six meetings a day and we get tired a typical healthcare worker is context switching six to seven times in an hour and it's very obvious in that situation to be in to be able to forget things you know not have them top of the mind right so the objective behind ivis is to help you know uh, help them be more digitally aware around what needs to be done what does not need to be done and serve as a tool to be able to remind and reduce these burnout so that there is not so much you know onus on them to remember everything you know like there are digital tools to help and support those activities as well yeah i think that's super important um that you mentioned what you mentioned about that they are um constantly moving you know they're constantly working hard and sometimes it's, it goes for like you said over 20 hour 20 hours more than you and i um so it's important for for us or uh, for you and i is to you know help them like you said give them a tool that simplifies their their day even if it's you know digitally or even if it's in 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 a way that yeah it, it, it'll help them so that's cool and i'm curious what was what's the origin story for uh ivis what got you into deep tech what inspired you to help in in healthcare um what is the origin story that's a great question so the original story is a little bit personal uh, i spent as a you know uh, about 8 years at the intersection of infections and technology this was mostly in coming up with new technologies to rapidly diagnose these infections in the hospital after they happen so as a simple example uh, if you if i'm suspected if i'm on the bed today and suspected of an infection it takes about 5 days to be able to quick you know diagnose what am i infected with and what drugs to give me uh 
I came up with a few technologies early on in my PhD at ASU, which shortened this time from five days to less than an hour. Right. Uh, however, in 2018, I had a life-changing moment. Uh, I, uh, my grandmom, right, who was probably about 80, 82, uh, she and I were very close. You know, we shared this close bond over English tea, which is that at 5 p.m. every day, we would sit with a cup of English tea and just gossip, you know. I would get to learn about her life. I, she would get to learn about my life. You know, we shared a very close bond. Uh, in 2018, however, uh, unfortunately, that bond was broken when she went into hospital for a routine procedure. And then after that, you know, like she never came back because she picked up an infection over there. Uh, so that was a little bit like life changing for me. And even being an expert in the infections, you know, my brain naturally went after the event that, hey, why couldn't the hospital prevent her from having an infection in the first place? So that was, you know, uh, the origin in which I started thinking, you know, less from a diagnostics, but more from an infection prevention perspective, that how do you enable and amplify these hospitals to prevent these infections from happening to patients like my grandmom? And you'll be surprised, right? I mean, as I said, uh, there are 3 million patients just like my grandmom in US hospitals today. There are an additional 4 million patients in nursing homes just like my grandmom's today in US which are getting infected, you know, you know, driven by, uh, driven by sometimes this, um, you know, like forgetfulness or a few things that compliances around protocols not being followed. Uh, so that's where we are coming in. We are helping hospitals, you know, we're auditing uh, these compliances, which are done by the bedside. Uh, at the same time, the objective is to measure these compliances and bring more, you know, uh, in the moment awareness about what is being done and what is not being done. I appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah. Um, so just to quickly finish my thought, you know, honestly, if I think about it, I was as dedicated to all the grandparents in the world for their longevity to keep them safe. And so that we actually keep on having, you know, those bonds are never broken at the end of the day. And COVID yeah. has actually shown us, you know, like what the impact of infections could look like. And the, this is a problem which is not going away, not just COVID, right? I mean, these 3 million, 4 million hospitalizations, which I talked about, these yeah. are bacterial infections, which is, you know, these are picked up from different situations and surroundings within the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, and this problem is only going up with time. So with the advent of antibiotic resistant, it's expected that this 3 million number will move, move towards, let's say, 10 to 20 million number over the next few decades. So this is an upcoming, this is like the next pandemic. And our objective is to get ahead of the problem and save, you know, our parents, our grandparents and ensure their longevity. Right, right. I think that's a good mission to have. Um, I think it's a good message that you say, you know, it's for all the grandparents. Um, I love that. Uh, I'm, I have a very close bond, you know, with my grandmothers um, who are in Mexico and I, yeah, and I, and I support and I'm rooting for you um, and for IVIS uh, to be able to, to help reduce um, the spread of infection in that way. Um, what would you say is your primary focus today with IVIS? What, what are you looking to capture in the next month or the next two months, next three months um, as as uh, like in KPIs or what, what do you, what do you want to focus on? Right. Um, 
So IVIS at the end of the day is a deep technology. What that means is that we are working on something which is super complicated. <laughs> Uh, so there are a bunch of our KPIs which are technical and there are, then there are a bunch of KPIs which are commercial. Right? On the technical side, we are pushing the boundaries of you know, what IVIS can do further and further along. Uh, and in very simple terms, you know, IVIS uses, uses these visual sensors um, and a combination of AI to measure a lot of these complex activities, right? as I said. Uh, on the technical and if you think about the analogs, what we what exist around us, right? The existing analogs are companies, let's say like Tesla, May Mobility, or you know all these companies which use similar approaches to be able to capture information and classify this human behavior. So, for example, a Tesla or a May Mobility, you know, takes a lot of this information from surrounding. It teaches it autonomous cars. Hey, this is walking. This is biking. This is cycling. Right, and this is the information which the car needs to be able to not kill the person on the road. Uh, IBIS is very similar. So we have taken these visual sensors and we are teaching them different activities in the increasing order of complexity. So we are starting with simple hygiene-based compliances, but more and more, uh, you know, we are pushing the limits of IBIS to detect more complex protocols by the bedside. So the KPIs over there are to be able to solve this for more and more use cases with increasing levels of accuracy uh, going forward on the technical end. Uh, in very simple terms, we want to teach our system, you know, what is the equivalent of cycling, biking, people on the road, people flying kites, you know, more and more complex activities over there. On the commercial end, we are actually working with select institutes right now to be able to deploy this technology and learn more. So on the commercial end, uh, we are also on this humongous task of making, you know, like US hospitals aware about the existence of IBIS. Um, and through that, what we are tracking is how many people are aware about the problem on the bedside, you know, how many of those hospitals can we partner with down the road? And I think those are the key metrics for us to uh, measure right now. Uh, the results so far have been great, honestly. Uh, you'll be surprised that most US hospitals are actually aware about you know, the lack of visibility into bedside compliances in this, and they perceive this as an issue. Uh, our last moving metric was, I believe this was like 40% over cold emails is what we could, you know, like get the response rates of people being aware about the problem. And uh, that's what we are most excited about, you know, like measuring this on a on constant ongoing basis so that we have this pipeline of clients available to us when we are able to, you know, move IVIS from an R&D to a beta stage. Great, great. Um, and I, I wish you all the best. I wish you all the best in, in and capturing those metrics and on continuing to help uh, IVIS uh, keep learning, um, keep progressing to one day go from the, the basic hygiene to the more complicated advanced um, detection systems out there. Um, and so my last question for you, um, and it's also for uh, the audience to know where to get in contact with you. If someone was interested in learning more about IVIS, uh, possibly looking to invest or partner, become a client um, or, and, or support you um, or anything along those lines, how can they find you online? Are you on social media, website, email? 
Yeah, so uh, I am on a lot of these platforms. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Seed Scout. Uh, I'm also on other platforms. And the best way to reach me is through either these platforms or through an email. Uh, my first name is Karan, spelled as in K-A-R-A-N, which is, and you know, like K for Kansas, A for Apple, R for Rochester, A for Apple, and N for Nike. Uh, Sial is Sam Yankee Appleberry, S-Y-A-L. Uh, if you just Google search, I think it'll be very easy for me to find me on all of these platforms where I'm active. So uh, the best way is current at ivisai.com. That's my email address uh, to be able to reach out to me or to reach out through one of these platforms, which is also okay. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing uh, how we can contact you. Um, and like I said, I wish you all the best. Thank you for coming on to the show. I appreciate your time that you took out to, um, to be able to talk with me about IVIS. And yeah, and I look forward to seeing what you accomplish. So thank you. Thank you, Benny. Rooting for our grandmoms. Be safe. Take care. You too. Take care.